Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. I am more than excited to have my friend Natasha Hemingway here with me today. And this is the second attempt at us trying to record because the first time we just spent the whole hour talking and we ran out of time. True story. True story. We can't help it. I know because there's just so much that we have to talk about. So let me tell you guys a bit about Natasha. She is a corporate startup and entrepreneurial based sales consultant, coach, speaker, and the creator of Heart Not Hustle, a sales coaching firm founded with an aim to help corporations, startups, and entrepreneurs find and focus on the deeper meaning behind their business motivation and sales message. She helps corporations, startups, and entrepreneurs master their authentic sales process and sales strategy, achieve meaningful success, and maximize their sales wins by bringing the heart, not the hustle. Okay, heart, not hustle. How did you get started and how did you create this wonderful brand that you have today? Wow. Okay, I'm going to try to do this very quickly because it's a long story. This was not like my idea. I worked in corporate sales. I came straight out of college, worked in corporate sales the entire time. Two companies, eight years, largest pharmaceutical company in the country, largest medical device company in the world. I worked for both of them, promoted in both from sales rep to senior territory sales manager, all that kind of stuff. And then, honestly, God was like, okay, and that's done. And I need you over here. Mm. And it was a true season of surrendering because it was not my idea. And I will openly admit, because I begin, I believe in keeping it, as they say, there's a pastor that says this, hot, humble, open, and transparent, okay? Mm. You're never going to go look at my social media and be like, oh my gosh, she didn't. No, I'm going to keep it real. So, with that said, this was not my idea to be an entrepreneur. It was really, honestly, God's idea. And so that meant that came with a lot of maybe <laughs> reluctancy because I am a, let's say in regards to Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram 2, which is a servant leader, but my wings are neck and neck and it's one is the achiever, well, the three is the achiever and the one is a perfectionist. So I'm kind of hot mess, mm. but in a good way. <laughs> um, but that means I like to know the plan, Okay. I like to at least have steps A to D, maybe, right? So I can see a little bit further, but that's not the way this works, right? So it was obviously, I mean, it's been a journey, right? It's been a journey of like, okay, him putting me here and him being like, okay, and that was a stepping stone, right? And then placing me somewhere else, which then was into speaking. And I went into a nine-month speaker coaching program, spoke internationally, fell in love with that. And then came coaching and it brought me back full circle to my roots of sales because at first I started out coaching really um, helping women go from career to calling because I'd been in sales and I ended up getting pushed out of my job via layover. So it was devastating because it's all I'd done for 16 years with sales. And so that was like, I think why I say the journey has been hard because a thing that I love, I got laid off from and I was like, okay, now what? And I knew that God was saying that was over because we had lost a full-term son. I'd gotten pregnant again. I'd gotten this promotion. I won't go into all of that, but I think it's important as I try to keep it brief to know that like it has not been easy. It's been a journey of faith, being able to be resilient, like to get back up, get knocked down, get back up. And one of pure heart, right? Like I'm here because I absolutely believe in what I do. I love what I do. It just looks in a different capacity. It's not corporate anymore. It's mine. And when something is yours, it comes with a great deal of responsibility, right? And a lot of emotions. And so it's been a journey, but I 
could not imagine not being here. So I'm grateful for the hard, right, that I went through to get here. So, Wow. I mean, I don't even know where to drill in. There's just so much there that I could tap into. And I think that the the one thing that stood out, and we don't talk about it much on the podcast, is is faith, right? Mm-hmm. And so you had a corporate job, you were moving up that chain, and you enjoyed what you were doing, but you said, God said, nope, it's time to make a change. Yep. So tell us, how was that transition of being laid off? Because right now, a lot of people are in that same position. They've yeah. been laid off, they're being laid off, they fear their job. And knowing what that next step needed to be. Yeah, I mean, it was devastating. And honestly, I really can't show up and not talk about my faith because I'm not going to act as if I'm great and I've created all this greatness or whatever. No, like I said, it wasn't my idea. But once I was in that run for this promotion in particular, I would have ended up being, well, I did end up being the only African-American female senior territory sales manager across the division across the country. And in the process of being in that running, um, just to be clear, you have to have like eight quarters, so two years of being at 100% or greater. And if you dip down that, then the clock starts over. So Mm. we ended up losing our full-term son in that process. And when you lose a full-term son, you don't get maternity leave. So I had to quickly return Mm. back to work. Um, In that process, we ended up dipping below that number to be exact at 98%. So the clock started over. Then I got quickly pregnant again. And in that season, you guys, of losing our first son, dipping below that, and then in those season of waiting to be pregnant again, that is literally when God spoke in my spirit. It's like, this is exactly what it was. It's like, I know I'm made for more. I know I'm called for greater, but I don't know what it is. And this season is ending. And I remember telling my husband that, and I didn't know what it was. And he had tried to like reverse engineer me into it. You know, men, they want to fix and figure it out. They want to fix you. Right. I mean, and my husband is super supportive. I mean, he, him and my mom were the people who had faith in me when I really didn't have it in myself, to be honest, because I was like, what do I do? And Mm -hmm. um, in that season, it was him trying to reverse engineer me. And he was like, once I got down to it, I was like, I don't know. I just like people. And he was like, that ain't a business, love. That is really not a business. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I know. I get that. Yeah. He was like, you go ahead back to that good old corporate job. You get in them little, you know, velvet handcuffs and keep making that great money. Right. So, Mm. I mean, realistically, what else was I going to do? But I knew that season was coming to an end. I just didn't know when and I didn't know what it was going to look like. And then so once I finally got the promotion, was pregnant again, all that, um, maybe like six months later, I ended up getting pushed out of my job and I've never had an HR violation, never been written up, nothing. And got laid off. And for me, to be honest, as a minority woman, to get that type of promotion and to be the only, like, it hurt even deeper. And Mm. that, I think I have to be clear with that and explain kind of like the chronological order. Because that is my journey and my story of how I knew it was not go get another corporate job. Because I worked for the Mm. number one medical device company where I've only worked for two companies, eight years in one, eight years in the other. I could have went and worked anywhere else and negotiated for more money. But I knew in my spirit and my gut that like it was over and the door was closed Mm. and and God was very, very, very apparent about that. And it was very clear. And so it was a journey of, okay, yes, I will. Yes, I will trust. Yes, I will have faith. And it was just walking that out and believing 
having to believe when sometimes, you know, we don't have that belief, right? Mm. Or your mind is like, yeah, I can't see it, right? You are in that moment and it's having that will to bring your mindset up and say, no, like regardless of what it looks like right now, I know that my work here is not done. I know that I have a purpose here. And part of that too, going through that pain of losing my first son full term and having my next son, it changed how I saw life. It changed how I, my purpose, why I was here and making sure that the things that I put my hands, head and mind to are purposeful, right? Mm -hmm. And that you get one life and it's very short. And it's like, who am I to not take this leap, right? Who am I not to trust to know that there's something greater for me? Like I know what I've been told. And so that required faith. And it was, let me be clear though, okay? Because I'm not up on here talking no Christianese or no religion. No, <laughs> let me be real clear. It's one thing to have that be spoken and you know it in your heart, but your head is like, I cannot see it. So please understand y'all. I was kicking, screaming, crying, uncertain, all the things. All the things. It's like a roller coaster, right, Wesley? Yeah. It was all of that, but it was like, no, I know what is true. Like I had to keep bringing, my, keep bringing myself back to the truth. My husband, my mom. That's why I tell people, listen, seek wise counsel. For anybody that's under the sound of our voices and you're being laid off and it looks grim, meek, you don't know what's going to happen, seek wise counsel. Know who your board of directors are in your life who are going mm. to speak life over you and remind you who you are and what you're capable of and that you're not done yet. You need those people in your ear when you're not really there, right? Yeah. And so that was that journey of like, I really honestly don't feel like I had a choice. Mm. Because I mean, I probably could have tried, but what? And then delay pain, <laughs> go yeah. there, even though that's not where I'm supposed to be and it's not going to work out. Like why? It was a way, it would have been a waste. Or trying and trying and trying and the door keeps shutting, shutting, shutting. Because, I mean, those are signs. Yeah. You know, we have a choice to either pay attention to it or we don't. And I just chose to pay attention to the sign, take the mm. leap of faith, believe that I could, and get to work. So you mentioned losing your full-term son a couple of times. And you also said that when you lost your full-term son, you didn't get the traditional, typical maternity leave. And you had to go back into the trenches. Sounds like you worked another eight quarters and got a promotion. Mm -hmm. So tell me, as you were grieving the loss of a child, dealing with postpartum depression, having to go back to work and showing up for your team, how did you juggle all of those things? I really don't know. Number one, I knew that I had to get grievance counseling. I'll tell you that because I was like, I am naturally a people person. I find joy wherever I can. I love to make people laugh. I am a happy person, literally in general. and. I like to keep it real about things too. And I was like, oh, I'm going to keep it real with myself. Like we were talking about Wesley. I needed to have a Natasha with a Natasha conversation. I was like, this mentality is not me. Like on a normal circumstance, it's not me. So number one, I got grief counseling, period, end of story, quickly. And number two, it was because I am naturally a leader, I have a very strong work ethic. It was learning how to lean on other people, right? Mm. So being vulnerable. Right. And knowing how to ask for help from my team, from higher ups, people that, you know, I just it, it was that. And that's hard for me, especially as an only child and being a leader and independent. And that was hard, but it was it was a good lesson for me to learn because that truly is the epitome of team. Right. And when you work hard to develop team culture, um, it's a 
benefits of that when you also need it, right? Yeah. So it was a lot of that, to be honest, and my faith. And so I really like what you said because you basically were like, it wasn't just me. I had to get professional help. I had to ask those that worked for me, those that worked with me, those that worked above me to help me. And so many times as women, as leaders, we find it really hard to even ask for help. Why do you think it's so hard for us to say, I need a lifeline. I need you to help me. Why is that? Yeah. Oh man. I think that's deep. Okay. That's a deep one because I think we have been put under this expectation socially I think even culturally as a black woman, even more that you don't have time to not be strong. You don't have time to not show up. You get one maybe chance, right? To make a good impression or you mess up. That's what people remember about you. And it's like all those things are on us. And I, the way I can best explain it is almost like sometimes we have this little undercurrent, right? If we think about the waves in the ocean, there's an undercurrent there. And that undercurrent that's there, it's not visible on top. But beneath, when you really get to the surface, it's there and it will pull you down, right? It'll pull you into it. And sometimes I think we are just down there struggling to get out of that undercurrent instead of just lifting our hand up and letting somebody help us. And so we actually keep ourselves in that place. But I think also society and things and culturally have put us in those positions and it's very, very hard to break that when you've been in a cycle of that expectation and when you are an achiever, it's even harder because you got to have grit. You have to go get it. Like just keeping it real, especially a black woman, like it's by any means necessary, right? Like mm-hmm. get it done, figure it out. But that's not healthy, period. Yeah. Not healthy. And there are people that want to help women in general. We just have to be willing to ask, but it's very, very, very difficult because I still struggle with it. Yeah. I know that for me as the oldest child and the only girl, you know, you, I would say some of that comes from how your parents raise you, if you will. But I also think that we put this on ourselves, right? We put it on ourselves that we have to be an island. We have to show up and do everything because, you know, when you're a little girl and they're like, good job, Wesley, good job, Natasha, you did this well, you did that well. You're like, I want that all the time. So what do I do? How do I keep getting that good girl, good girl? I do it myself. And so we put all of this stress and all of this pressure and all of these things on ourselves that we don't necessarily have to carry alone. And what I found throughout my career and my life, I mean, I have allies that are men, women, black, white, green, orange, like literally when I say I need something, I know who to tap into. And as you said, having that faith, that God will put the right people in your path when they need to be in your path. Yes. That, that's where that power comes from. Yes. And you know what else I think too, to go there on the sales front is that being in the sales industry in corporate, it's very little women that are sitting in those rooms. So your peers are mostly men. So asking them, it's just, it's a lot mixed into that. It becomes difficult, right? And it's challenging because we deal with different things. It's just a reality. Men and women carry different things. And that is just the reality. It's not even arguable, okay? (laughs) Like we just carry a different type of responsibility. Expectations are placed on us, you know? And not that we should, like you said, place those things on ourselves. You got to find your right allies to tap into. And I'm the same way. Like my friend groups, my peer groups are extremely diverse. And there are many people who have helped me get to where I am because I had those relationships 
I had those sponsorships or those mentors or people that would speak my name in rooms that I wasn't in, right? Yeah. And they don't not always look like me. <laughs> so yeah. I agree with that 1000%. But that's also that cultivating that relationship and building trust because I think it starts from there that allows mm-hmm. you to be vulnerable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we both come from this very technical background. You in pharmaceutical sales, me in, in chemical sales. And the mm-hmm. sales force, unfortunately, I mean, when we started in sales, you know, 15, 20 years ago, yes, it still looks the same today. And so as a woman, as a person of color, when you show up and you don't see people that look like you, you feel like you are an island. And if there's anyone who is listening to this podcast and that is how they feel, I would compel you to find the one person because you just need one person that has your back. Like Natasha said, that they are speaking for you when you're not in the room and find that person that you can trust and you can really lean on and depend on. And you have to be vulnerable. You have to know that the first person that you tap may not be the right person and you may get hurt. But when we have pain, when we have difficulty, what comes out on the other side is all of these amazing things of our learnings, our how to get better, how to be stronger. And just because that person was not holding you all the way down doesn't mean that they had malintentions, right? And so really when you're in sales and you move up the rank and you're in leadership, like you said, you were the only African-American woman as a senior sales leader within your organization, it gets a little bit lonely. Yeah, (laughs) to say the least, right? But again, you've got to find somebody though, right? Build a relationship. And I think you said something really good is know that the first person might not be it. So allow yourself to continue to be vulnerable till you find that person, right? Absolutely. Okay, so now when you got snatched out of corporate, God said, oh, I'm gonna snatch you up. Tell us, how was that transition? Because I mean, being laid off is something like, you're like, I did something wrong. You were Mm -hmm. like, I didn't have any HR violence. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. And what I know and what you know now is like, sometimes it's really not about you as an individual. It's about the very, very hard line organization has to draw when finances are just not going the way that they are. And so they aren't even really looking at you as a person, as an individual. They just have to slash. So talk to us about that emotional and psychological toll that that layoff took on you and how you took that next step. Yeah, that layoff was exactly that, right? It's like, you know that it's not about you because you're not the only one, whatever the case is. But I internalized it like I have been loyal. I have been here. I just got promoted into this. You know, I've done all the things. And so you take it personally. And for me, it was personal. It felt like another death, for real. Because mm. it's all I've ever done. Yeah. 16 years of sales, two companies, mm. eight years of one. I mean, like, it's all I've ever done. Yeah. And that was hard. That was so hard. And then that is where I met, like, my surrender season. Like, surrender mm. season part two came that way, right? Surrender season part one, losing my son. Surrender season part two was that Mm. part of stepping into entrepreneurship and investing my own, our own money, right? Like Mm. talking to our financial advisor saying, okay, we're going to take this first leap. We're going to get up a year. The first leap that I took, it's like, nope, that's not it. That's not it. And I was pissed. I was (laughs) pissed. And God was like, yo, you brought me here, bruh. Okay. Like you told me to come here. And I told you, Mm. if I take this leap, you better not let me down. Like, that's just how I talk to God. Mm-hmm. Real talk. And I'm like, what? Right? And it was, again, I had to sit and surrender for four months and wait 
Because my husband was like, why are you trying to run back to? Because I was like, oh, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm just going to go ahead and run back and get this good old medical device job, make more money than I was making. And my husband was like, why are you trying to run back to the very thing that God told you? No. Why? Mm, why? That's good. He said, we're going to give it a year. You're eight months in. Sit and wait. I said, and do what? Mm. He was like, sit, sit. And I had to sit and surrender. And it was painful, painful. Because I was like, what am I going to do? But I really, I quickly understood that that was a stepping stone. That first one was mm. a stepping stone. And there were lessons to be learned there. Because when I took that leap, it was understanding two things, two big things. One, I cannot teach people work ethic. <laughs> two, two, okay? Because listen, I'm a former competitive gymnast, okay? Like I'm an athlete. Like I am, I don't need someone to internally motivate me. No, okay? If I make up my mind about something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find out what tools I need and then I'm going to go, okay? And I'm going to lean on resources, whatever. One, you cannot teach people work ethic. Two, you cannot want something more than someone wants it for themselves. Preach! Here's yes! Yes! Okay. Mic drop! I needed that for this <laughs> season of sales coaching, consulting, speaking, all that. I needed to learn that lesson because I am a believer in people. Like, I'm a servant leader. I love people. I lean in. I'm loyal. Like, I can believe for people and I can literally speak life over them and empower but that does not work when it comes to somebody coming to you and saying i really want this i need you to help me get there right i can teach you work ethic and i cannot want it more for you than you want it for yourself so mm. that was part of that stepping stone and then that led me into then a nine-month speaker coaching program then which led me into coaching and then it brought me full circle back to my roots of sales coaching because that was mm. everybody was trying to get me to go straight into sales coaching and i was like no been there, done that, that door was closed. Absolutely not. From my first mm. business coach, my branding and marketing manager, they were like, you are so needed. Like there's not a lot of women in sales that can say they have true sales, corporate background. Not like they taught themselves yeah. sales, but have true corporate like sales background, training, leadership, all that. Like there are a ton of women who need you because they hate sales and da, 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 da. But there's a ton of companies, businesses. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> No, I'm not doing it. I'm not here for that. He told me to close that door. No. But again, mm. that's why I tell people my journey has been long. Like I, mm. I did not wake up like this. Like Drake, the song says, no, boo. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I did not wake up like this. This has been a journey and it has been mm. go here, learn a lesson, pick mm -hmm. up skills. Oh, go here. Great. You serve there. Now you are heart healed, ready to step into that. And that is literally how God did it. It was like going into coaching and it was around meaningful success coaching, basically helping people do biz dev strategy, that kind of stuff, helping them step in or go from career to calling. And then they would be like, well, how do I sell it? How do I sell it? I'm like, I don't mm -hmm. do that anymore. I don't do that. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Why you want me to teach you how to sell it? I just told you how to figure it out. Right? I'm like, no. But they would see my bio, right? And they're like, but you've done this. I'm like, yeah, but I don't do it anymore. I'm in this lane right here. I'm right here, okay? Mm -hmm. And it was mindset, strategy, all that. And then I would like refer them to like a business coach, right? Or, you know, or whatever. Because these were like individual female entrepreneurs, some men general contractors, one owned a construction business, like individuals who built these businesses. Mm. Sometimes they're multi six figures, million dollar businesses, but they really need to scale. Now they want to hire somebody mm. for sales. So working with them, 
And I'm like, no, 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 I don't do it. And then they're like, but a business coach doesn't really teach sales. Like they say they do, but it's not real. And I'm like, that's valid, right? So I'm like, I don't know, go take this course. But like, <laughs> it's not me. Go do this. It's not me. And then literally, no joke. A friend of mine was like, hey, can I share something, speak something over you? She's a woman of faith. She was like, this has been on my spirit. Can I speak it over you? And I was like, yeah. She was like, why are you holding women back and men who need you from the very thing that you are uniquely gifted at? Mm. That would unlock them and help them change their destiny, their legacy. Why? She said, I think that that is a heart posture for you and there's pain still there and you need to go deal with that. And I was mm. like, oh, I... Wesley. Good friends, look. Listen, look. see, look. I cried because I knew what was happening. It was yeah. like, now it's time to go back to that. And y'all, I was crying because I'm like, are you kidding me? I built this entire business, website, keynotes, content, materials, collateral, frameworks, coach, all of it. And that meant when I said yes to that, it was going through the process of changing all of it but let me tell you this about being obedient like when you when god calls you to something and when you say yes he will do immeasurably more than you could ever think or imagine and it was like what i thought my business was growing and all this stuff was going great and i'm like i'm good it was like when i said yes to that that last final step it was like the floodgates open and my business went through the roof mm. and i was like okay i got it i get it so my journey has absolutely been very unique. It's evolved. It's had different evolutions of itself. But I just believe in being very honest about that because I think we all too often hear everybody about being on their mountaintop and how they're killing it. And they got this consulting agency and they help these multiple six-figure companies and seven <laughs> figures and I'm a deal closer. I'm like, keep it real. Like, let's talk real, right? It's hard. This is not easy. And investing your money and building team and contractors. And it's been a journey, but man, I wouldn't change it. Because I know I'm in my purpose. I know I'm in my calling. I know I impact people in the way that I do, right? And that's what I'm always focused on is like, how do I impact? Not looking like somebody else and not getting distracted. Like, uh-uh. But instead, like admiring other women. Like you, Wesley, right? Like your journey, how you got in here and what you do and how you're great at what you do. So it's been a journey. That's how that transition went real rocky. <laughs> and I love your vulnerability and your honesty because a lot of people, I mean, you see people, they're living in the fruits of their labor. They've been doing this for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And so, yeah, they have a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. They're running a seven, eight, nine figure business, but what about before? Right. And so yes. a lot of people don't pull back that veil and say, this was hard. I've gone through many iterations. I have lost money. I have lost employees. Ooh. I have lost friends. I have lost, like, I know from whence I came, like <laughs> I was actually looking at my very first logo and I was like, wow, we have evolved so much and we're doing something completely different. Right. Yeah. Because you have that push pull, you have that, well, I'm kind of good at this, but I don't want to do this. And I like this, but everybody's telling me I should do this. And it just takes that thing, that person to really inspire you, to believe in you, to tell you that you got this, just yep. step into it. Yep. And you now are living in the fruits of your labor. You are doing some amazing, amazing work. So tell us today, yeah. How are you impacting business owners, entrepreneurs in your business? 
Yeah, so for me, it looks like a couple different things. One, coaching, which is just one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. Two is consulting, which has been fun to return to. Absolutely love it. And then the third way is speaking, right? And so the coaching side is one-on-one -on -one coaching in a sales course, and then the other is speaking. So those are my lanes, but they're all in my niche, in my lane, just different types of clients. And um, it's so much fun, man. Like I... <laughs> I love our industry, right? It gets a bad, bad rep, but I love our industry. And then being able to have peers like you who become friends, like it makes it that much more fun. Um, that's why we could not get the first podcast done because when we see each other, it's all things <laughs> stop and cook up and talk and pray and all the things, but it, it's, it's so good. It's so good. And I'm so grateful. I don't, I try to never, ever take for granted what I do and how it impacts the people that I serve. Like hmm. that for me is it what I do and how it impacts the people that I serve. Mm -hmm. And when you have alignment on that, that's what makes you wake up every day and be like, I love this. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I have to make money cause I have bills to pay, but I absolutely love showing up. I love impacting people. I just love changing lives because that's what we do in sales. We are changing yes. people's lives by giving them a product, a service that they need. Not that they may want, but that they need when we're actually in alignment with what our customers need, what our clients need, we're helping them be less stressed out. We're helping solve problems for them. We are literally helping them in their everyday life. Yeah. So Natasha, this has been a fantastic conversation. If people want to get in contact with you, what is the one best way? The one best way is NatashaHemingway.com. It's two M's because people mess that up all the time. <laughs> but it's Natasha Hemingway. And honestly, every platform you go to, it is that way. But it's NatashaHemingway.com. Website has everything you need. Well, thank you so much for your time, your talent, sharing your faith and your expertise with us. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you for having me. And I just have to say this. Thank you for doing what you do in the way that you do it. From the first time I met you, like, you, if anybody's met Wesleyan, if you hadn't had the opportunity, I hope you get to. If you see her on some stage or whatever, or you hire her, it's like, Wesleyan, you have just this amazing confidence and light, and you're always sharing. You care about other people. You I always say there's like enough cake, right? We're trying to eat all the cake, right? Like, <laughs> it's enough for everybody. And you really do operate from that place. And I'm just so grateful for you and grateful that I get to call you a friend and not just a peer. And I'm just so proud of you. And I cannot wait to continue to see you excel because it's been cool the little bit of time. Well, it feels like forever now that I've known you. But thank you for doing what you do in the way that you do it and being so bold and confident about it, right? When it comes to other black women in sales and your mission, but even outside of that, just in the industry, the mark that you leave, like, just thank you for that. And I just wanted to take a second just to honor you. Yeah, so love you. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you have made my day. Thank you, thank you, thank well, you. You know I mean it. I wouldn't say thank it if I didn't you. mean it. I know because you are as honest as I am. And so I appreciate it and I receive it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And guys, that has been another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Remember, in all that you do, every single day, transform your sales. Until next time.